she is like screaming to the top of her lungs, demons. There are demons. And I'm like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. <laughs> My name is Landon. I'm Liz. And I'm Ryan. Today we have a guest. Uh, Joy is here with us. Hey, Joy. Hey, hey. Welcome to Life in the Moment podcast. Thank you. Another yeah. relation. Another relation. Except mm-hmm. not to us. So here's the thing. So to a guest. This is our first guest that is not a family member or a coworker, but... She is a family member of a guest that was a coworker. So, <laughs> so can yeah. you guess? <laughs> can you guess that guest? <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Stephen's sister. You're Stephen's sister, Joy. Yes, in case you didn't know, I am. Yeah. Thanks for the clarity. So we asked uh, Stephen a couple questions about family and stuff. So, what is life like with Stephen? Since our audience a little bit knows Stephen a little bit. Wow, life with Stephen. Yeah. Um, it's fun. It really is. So Stephen is um, my older brother. We're two years apart, um, but he's also my neighbor, and yes. that's kind of wild. Um, I never thought in a million years we would be neighbors, um, but I'm so thankful that it's worked out that way. Um, yeah, life with Stephen is always an adventure. Um, he would probably say the same about life with me. Yeah. Um, he is very steady, steady Stephen. That's what we call um, it. Hey, that's yeah. my nickname. Yes. For did you know that? I did not know that. What? I've said that <laughs> on the podcast, I think. Yeah, I might have. Yeah. I've been I don't know. Like, I listened to that episode, so I don't know. I didn't, I don't know. Maybe I didn't. We've talked about him pretty often. Yeah, pretty often. Yeah. Way more than just the one episode. Yeah. But we, uh, I've, I've tried to come up with nicknames for everyone in the group, and I think Carrie might be the only one now. Carrie and Rachel are the only two now that I... Have not she, yet. Carrie declined. Got one for declined your. Well, she your, accepted it at first. Oh, okay. And then later on, we're just like, eh. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah, maybe let's change. She that. she so. wanted a refund. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she got a full refund. You know, this is Amazon. Send That's it good. back, no matter how much you use it. Um, Thirty day warranty. Yeah. Do you know your nickname that I've given you? Um, probably joyful. Yeah. 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 That's, that's right. That's what I try to call you every time I see you, but sometimes I forget. Yeah, we should have said it now. (laughs) Well, you said it in the group chat, right? Uh, Yes, I did. How do you feel about that nickname? I think I've asked you. No, I like like it. it. I do. It was was one of my nicknames in high school, actually. People called me joyful. That's one of Ryan's rules. rules, (laughs) It can't be something that's been used already. (laughs) Yes. um, In marching band, I was one of two names. I was joyful or Joe Head. Um, but it was said real deep, like uh, Joe Head, um, because I got a big forehead, and so my brother actually Whoa. and his friends would call me Joe Head. But of course, it was Joe Head, emphasis on the head. Um, yep, yeah, so. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I like Joyful better. Yeah, Joyful is good. I can't go away from it just because, but I can't call Faith faithful. It just it yeah. doesn't it doesn't work quite as well. It doesn't yeah. flow. Faith is your sister for yes, the audience. She is my younger sister. <laughs> Yeah. So uh you're on the podcast. Have you so we actually had to give you a big heads up, like a month. Yes, you do. You have to get on my calendar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell the audience kind of why do we have to give you such a big heads up? <laughs> what is life like with yourself? Um your schedule. Who what is life like with myself? <laughs> I'm actually a very spontaneous person. Um it's kind of funny. Um I prefer to be spontaneous, um, mm. but my life is not structured that way. Um, I work part-time in air quotes here, um, at a school, but really it's kind of full-time teaching. Even if you do part-time, full-time, it's a full-time gig. Um, so I work there pretty much until two every day. Um, and then I go to church and work, um, part-time as well. 
And then I also have another part-time job um, at a place for us ministries where I get to work with their international ministry for Nicaragua. Um, and we do a lot with our youth kids because Jacob, my husband, and I are the youth pastors at our church. Um, so we just we stay busy. So yeah. um, I've even told my mom, so it's not just you guys, but my mom even, I looked at her one day, I was like, look, if you want time with me, you got to book me two weeks out. I am yeah. now on a two-week Schedule week an appointment. Yes, you really do, and it's <laughs> yeah. sad. But that's just the healthiest way to keep everything from running into overbooking and all kinds of stuff. Um, we right. keep four calendars. Yes, Dang. we have four calendars. Um, I have one that's like a, a book calendar that's like, a year so I can put stuff there. Um, we have a monthly calendar that hangs in our laundry room so we can keep up with like different things for the month. Um, then we have a weekly calendar on our fridge to plan meals or we won't eat. Um, and then I have a <laughs> weekly calendar for like tasks to accomplish for the week. Right. So yeah, that wow. is, are any of these calendars electronic or are they all hard copy? No, no. Um, well, I do kind of use my calendar and my phone a little bit, mm -hmm. but I actually prefer a hard copy calendar. Mm -hmm. I um, gotcha. Jacob likes to use reminders. He yeah. Likes that's that the biggest perk yeah. to them because I use Google calendar for everything for years. Yeah. Google calendar. I just mm -hmm. couldn't. I don't know. Google calendar. I prefer to see it. So. Yeah. No, yeah. I got you. Google mm -hmm. calendar. All personal preference. Yeah. But you're a busy bee. Yes, yeah. yes. See, I thought me and Haley were super busy individuals, and we are not compared to you and Jacob. And I always remind myself of that because when we when we are talking about our busy schedule, our family is just like, hey, we never see you or something. And I'm like, yeah, we stay busy all the time. And I'm just like, you know, compared to Jacob and Joy, <laughs> we, it's not that bad. You know, you guys are always on the go doing something. Yeah. Your Sundays are pretty packed with church stuff and Wednesdays. Just from yes. being there for church ministry stuff. Right. Just physically being there. Yeah. yeah. Man. If, you, if you're if you so busy, so most people take off on the weekend. If you're so busy on the weekend, do you have a weekend? Um, uh, like, do you reassign a weekend or not necessarily? We're working on that. That is still a work in progress. The whole Sabbath concept um, is something that we're really working on. Mm -hmm. um, Jacob is better about it than I am. Um, primarily because he has Fridays off from church because that's kind of his Saturday. Yeah. Um, and that is how our house gets cleaned and everything. We are a very inverted, uh, typical gender norm couple in that area. Um, in the evenings, he often cooks dinner. He cleans the house. <laughs> um, and if he didn't, I don't know where we would be. Like, I'm very grateful for that. Um, yeah. We, Saturdays during football season, football in the wildest way really helps us to rest. Um, um, because it is almost like this socially accepted, oh, I can't, I got to watch the game. Um, right. You know what I mean? And yeah. so during football season, we actually get more rest than others. Well, this fall has been packed. But anyways, um, because we really enjoy watching football together. Um, yeah. But I mean, Sundays are usually booked. Fridays, we try to have an evening a week. If we can go a week and have one evening where we've done nothing but just be home, it's a good success. So Yeah, that's cool. It yeah, I always wondered how that works, and it seems like you have to define it yourself if yes. you do work on the weekend. Yeah, because um, it's hard to work seven days a week. Yeah. yeah, and not have a day off, you know, here and there. Yeah, I think I'm better about taking like afternoons off or evenings off. Um, like on a Saturday, I'll probably do some housework, grade some papers, 
work on a little bit of stuff for a place for us. And then I'll pick which game I want to watch and I'll <laughs> make sure I'm cutting off by that time. Um, I'm absolutely the worst about driving myself into the ground to get everything done. And then looking back and going, Oh, I've been sick for the past three weeks. I wonder why. <laughs> right. um, yeah. So Jacob yeah. is, he's good about helping me stay grounded and reminding me that I can't help anybody if I'm dead. Um, <laughs> and that sounds harsh, but oh, that's true. with but joy, it, you have to be that way. I'm a very determined individual. Yeah. And like last but, night, for example, I worked until 10 o'clock last night um, and I started working at seven that morning. Mm, so probably wow. not my best day, but yeah. you got um, a lot done. Yeah. I'm sure. Yes, I did. Yeah. And I slept great. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's good. Sleep yeah. is important. Yes. You know, you were talking about football and I was talking about this with somebody else too. It's just like as stressful as it can be pulling for a team, like especially like uh, Jacob likes Georgia. You're mm-hmm. an Ohio State fan and I'm a Clemson fan. All of our teams have extreme, like usually we're all really good every year. So that can cause stress whenever you get there, like, you know, wanting to win the national championship and stuff. But football in itself is just such a social event that like, it's just like, that's how it becomes so relaxing is like, you can just hang out with friends, put a game on and just Mm -hmm. enjoy each other's company. It's just background noise. Yeah. And that's usually the case with Super Bowl parties. Like even if nobody watches the game, they're just excited to socialize and eat a bunch of junk food. Yeah. Like y'all did last year at Trav's. Yeah. yeah, and it was super fun. I think we, I, I don't even remember, well, we did. you know, <laughs> you know, like watching the game. Yeah, I, guess, I, th- like, I think we did something else. We may have even played another game in I think front it, of the I TV think that for it a was little that. bit. We were just playing yeah. games yeah. the entire time. Halfway through or so, no one was really watching. So <laughs> yeah. we, left we were it. like, wait, what's the score? Yeah. <laughs> and then I think Rachel showed us a couple funny videos. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Then we were about to leave, and so we turned it on quick, watched yeah. the end, and then everyone left. Yeah. Well, we had it on, um, and we were playing. Uh, well, I think before, or this might have been another time. I'm not sure. We played laser tag. Yes. Um, that might have been. For no, that was New Year's, New Year's. right? Okay. Yeah. New Year's. So then we were playing some type of board game, I think, uh, for the Super Bowl party. But then that raunchy halftime show came on, and I think we even might have turned the channel. Oh, or something. I'm not yeah. Sure. And yeah. then, and then we like lost track of like, oh shoot the game's on yeah we're here for the super bowl yeah (laughs) we were having so much fun we just yeah did something else right those events are a lot of fun though being able to hang out and watch like a sport like that and you know do something extra yeah Yeah. eating is always fun that's my favorite (laughs) part yes (laughs) second favorite part of uh friends get together obviously the social (laughs) interaction i thrive on yeah speaking of social interaction let me say this real quick it has been so the listener isn't going to realize this because we record our stuff so far in advance and stuff like that. So they're not going to realize ever until I tell them right now. But I have not podcast with you guys in three weeks. Isn't oh that my crazy? Gosh, yeah. yeah in, in person, right? Yeah. Uh, well, last week, dude, oh. I don't count last week because. Well, let's see. No, it has. <laughs> well, it's been two weeks since we recorded. Since anything. y'all recorded. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was on through through a phone call. You called in sick. I don't count that, guys. I don't remember a single thing <laughs> about it. I was, yeah. I was literally laying in my bed under a cover snuggled up <laughs> with my phone just hanging out right there outside of the cover and the pillow and I was just like every time I hear something I try to speak and if y'all don't respond I just shut up for a little while because <laughs> y'all couldn't hear me right because a lot of times we yeah. couldn't hear you yeah yeah and it was a cool experience you know that we were able to do that for an episode but I'd prefer to never do that mm-hmm. again yeah it was it was miserable I felt so out of the loop yeah I think I was telling it's... you at church Sunday me and you have kind yeah. of switched roles for the past few weeks like I have been completely oh, yes, ghosting yes, yeah. everyone, and you've been like more, <laughs> I guess, interactive. I was I was with people 
uh, well, when we went to Nashville, I was with people for what, like a hundred hours or something. Yeah. <laughs> which right over is, that, which is crazy for me. <laughs> yeah, and I was with no one. I had the Rona. For the, yeah, for that I was with time. my wife, and that was that was great. And I didn't want to be around anybody else. Yeah, I wanted to be with my wife, and that was it. Because she's also been gone for a long time. Yeah, she. Yes, gosh, two. I'd say basically there was like a month, month and a half where I think Haley might not even seen anybody in the friend group for that long. Mm. Wow. Like just church in general, and then like I'm like, and then that kind of. You know, I went to Vegas and New York, and then I had to take her to the airport the other Sundays that she was kind of leaving. Yeah. And so that got me out of the loop. And that's the, I hate that. Dude, I hate it so much. I had to pray so much about this because, like, I just start getting so, like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen my friends in forever. I need to see them, you know, kind of thing. I'm weird yeah. like that. It's not, not weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, Joy, I'm curious since you spent a lot of your time speaking in front of students or in front of people, and you're used to, you know, being in front of a crowd. Do you feel like those same skills can apply to being on our podcast today? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think so. I've actually been on one other podcast in oh, college. Yeah. Um, Very cool. So, Didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, so do they still do it now? I'm honestly not sure. It's called the Hear Me Out Podcast. Um, Shout, shout out. out. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> but Air high five. You're um, the first one with actual experience. Oh, just yeah. once. Just once. We don't even um, have experience. <laughs> so, uh, but definitely I've always been pretty comfortable speaking in front of people, um, but more so being able to monitor, I guess, what I say and even notice like the way that I say things and the speed. My middle schoolers tell me all the time, um, Mrs. Schultz, you're going too fast. Um, and I have to make sure that I slow down, especially if I've had coffee. Um, <laughs> oh boy, so that my, makes it worse. Yeah, my first period class is always like getting whiplash. And then my <laughs> you know fifth period class is like, oh, this is great. And it's the same student. So they're like confused, different mm -hmm. person teaching me. Um, but I think I am more aware of the yeah. way that I say things. Quick, quick note about that. If you still think that Joy is talking too fast, every listener out there now knows that they can reduce the speed. Let it be known that they can reduce the speed. Yeah. Joy can talk fast, but I I don't know anyone that actually talks faster than me, like naturally. Like oh, yeah. I talk pretty I fast. You, you maybe I just hear it. Maybe I can just hear fast. So okay. maybe I don't I don't hear that. But yeah. Apple Apple did change that feature if you're on oh, iPhone. They did? Uh oh. So you well Nanny, listen up. Well, kind of. You can't make that mistake anymore, is basically what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It they used heard to the be podcast. it used yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to be a tap and you <clears> tap one X and it just changes to one point five, you know, two X. Now it pulls up a selector, so a selection mm. box. Oh. So you can't tap the same place multiple times and do the same, do anything. You have to tap it and then scroll through and select it. So mm -hmm. that mistake might not happen anymore. Yeah. So don't feel bad about whatever speed that you're going at. So thank you. people can always <laughs> slow down the podcast as they listen if you talk yeah, too fast. Yeah, I really, I have to do a better job of talking slower so that people can hear me. I feel like this would be the most boring podcast <laughs> if I was consciously aware all the time of how fast and what I say. See, I think I think Yeltsu, Joy, and Ryan have like it's a have a uh, it's one of your skills, one of your gifts, I guess, that you are comfortable everywhere. But then the con is that you you drop your filter easily. Yes. Yes. Which, which, like it's just a thing. It just comes with that. 
But we right. need y'all in the world, or at least I do, because I'm not comfortable ever, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Someone's got to fill in the blanks. Yeah. Uh-huh, into silence. But I do think, Ryan, I think Diamond Overholt in youth, oh my. when she's excited, yes. I think she can out talk anybody yes, in terms absolutely. of speed. And it's the most adorable thing. <laughs> um, but if you ever get that girl excited... She's probably yeah. the fastest talker I've ever yeah, met. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I completely forgot. Sorry, Diamond, but yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot about you there. We're, we're actually wanting to have her on the podcast eventually, by the way, Ooh, and some of the youth kids up. from church. Yeah, she would be um, really good. Yeah, she would. She's talked to me about she, it, and Owen at church has also talked to me about it. Yeah, so we've got yeah. some really actually insightful kids. We've got really good youth, so yeah. Yeah. that'll be fun to hear. We saw Diamond yeah. one time. When we were right after we recorded an episode or something like that, and she was like, "I'm coming on the podcast." Yeah. <laughs> she just invited herself. Yeah. I love okay, that Diamond. Girl. <laughs> but She's we think it'll, it'll be a little while because we still got to go through, you know, yeah. a lot of our friends. Mm-hmm. But to be able yeah, to the get, young adults some, get first priority, <laughs> some youthful kids on here, and they can kind of speak to. And by that time, she, you know, might be like a senior or closer to college. But being able to speak to someone that age and having the you know, still, I feel like when you're our age, we're in our mid-20s-ish, and we have wisdom that a 15-year-old can't just because we've done more life, and I know Diamond's a little older than that, but when you're having someone that is a Christian like Diamond is and some of the youth kids to be able to give their take on life, right? and their, their youth kids and stuff out there who are youth age will be able to kind of understand a little bit more. Like, they can hear our podcast and hear us talk and just be like, uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But if they hear someone their age, you know, entertaining them, it would, you know, give them something to relate to. Relate to, yes. Yeah. Trying to get there. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Joy, one thing that we've done with some of our guests in the past is we just have them, you know, tell a little bit about their background life story, whatever you're comfortable with sharing. So could you give us just a couple details that you think that will benefit some of the listeners out there? 
oh man, what a life I've lived. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> part of that, I mm-hmm. was going to say, um, I think we are, you're close, Joy is closest in age to me. Yeah, we're early 20s. They're mid 20s. Yeah, we're yeah. early 20s. Which is wild to me. So it goes with that <laughs> life experience. <laughs> you seem way older. Like, like it, with immaturity. Yeah, yeah. With true wisdom. So wow. that's cool. But it does Thank come. You. But I'm sure you've had a lot to go through to get there. Yeah, life is, um, overall, I mean, I love being alive, which I know sounds wild to say. (laughs) Me too. But like, I really think about it a lot. I'm a big reflector. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really appreciate the journey that life has taken me through. Um, As I'm sure Stephen mentioned, we are from Clinton, South Carolina, um, which is a small 30-minute drive, um, like, that way, which you can't see which way I'm pointing, but like up 72-ish. That's the best way I can tell you. Um, I think it's more south. Southeast, actually, on a map. Yep. I'm th- yep. So southeast of Greenwood. I'm rambling now. Um, but it was an interesting town to grow up in. I mean, very small. Everybody knew everybody. Um, but I have so much appreciation for that kind of, I guess, upbringing now. Um We grew up on a road called Barbie Villa, which is always funny because people are like, Barbie? Like, not hello, Barbie, but like Bar-Bee Villa. Um, But there's just so many people that we got to encounter. So many different types of people live there. Um, And I think for growing up in a small town, we engaged in a lot of diversity, which was beautiful. Um, I was in marching band, so I started playing the flute when I was in sixth grade. Um, loved it, stuck with it ever since. Um, we've had two guests on the podcast that were in marching band and both of them were siblings, which makes sense. (laughs) Can you guess? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Music is very deep in our family. Um, my mom, you know, sings and plays piano and also plays violin. Um, my dad loves to bellow. Um, he used to play guitar, I think, a little bit, but he'll sing and make up his own songs. A you lot said of, your dad? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. man. If you know my dad it's and like know him, he is a wild, crazy man in the best way. Um, but yes, I definitely get my goofiness from him. Um, I can relate. Yes. <laughs> Faith, of course, sings. Um, she also played saxophone for a smidgen and cello for a smidgen. Um, Stephen drums, all the things. Yeah, and all the drums. And we all played piano a little by force it was like one summer we had to learn piano another summer we had to learn cursive um just one of those things but no music is a big part of i think who we are and how we decompress um i used to literally sit in like the center of my high school and just play my flute at the end of the day and people would just kind of walk by and look at me um but it was just kind of my thing like i was like yes i'm the girl who sits in the hall and plays the flute um, yeah that's me but yeah. it was also beautiful um that i could even do that uh grew up a teacher's kid never had my mom very thankful for that um excellent teacher we wouldn't have gotten along i am very much the rock the boat child like if mm. i thought she was you know correcting a student that i didn't agree with i probably would have called it out like called her out on it and like uh, mom actually um so yeah that was a blessing that we were never in the same classroom <laughs> and she'll tell you the same thing um but owned every bit of the teacher's kid persona, but also made a lot of mistakes in high school, had a lot of opportunities to grow um, and to learn. And I think 
that's probably a lot of why Jacob and I have such a heart for the youth. There's so many things back in high school. Like I didn't go to a youth group. Um, we lived in Clinton, but we came to church in Greenwood, which was a 45 minute drive. So after band practice, you get home at like, you know, 630 or so. You're not going to drive. I mean, you won't make it in time to youth. Um, so I was never involved in a youth group all throughout high school. Um, and I think that had a big impact on some of the decisions that I made and some of the friendships that I didn't have, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I didn't have a person other than my mom and dad telling me, hey, don't do this, don't do that. It was just mom, dad. It, there was no mentor. Right. Um, so I've always strived to be the youth leader I never had. Um, and I mean, we had some good people at Grace who loved us, but we weren't very connected because we also left the church that I grew up in in high school. And that was really hard, leaving the people that I had known forever and then moving to a church that was much bigger. Grace isn't huge, but I grew up in a church of like 40 people. So wow. to me, Grace was like, who are all these people? You know, it was just, it was very overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but I can say that working with the kids kind of gave me an identity at Grace in the sense of where I belong. Even like when we first started coming, it was the kids that I would always kind of gravitate to because kids can just be a safe place. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of cool. And I guess that's why the youth means so much to me now because I know they're in a very vulnerable season. They have a lot of voices and they just need one more speaking the truth in them. Um, but after high school, I went to the University of South Carolina, got a Ooh. degree. <laughs> Go Gamecocks. <laughs> They're my secondary team. Um, <laughs> football thing. But I have a degree in public health. I absolutely love that. Um, I don't currently work in my field, but I really hope to one day. Um, I studied a lot of social work. My emphasis was actually in global health and global social work. Um, so that's really cool because I got to learn a lot about how the world connects. And um, I don't know if any of that answers any questions. No, it does. <laughs> that's that's I mean, actually it, every question. It was a very open-ended question on purpose <laughs> yeah. because we kind of wanted to give you the floor and, you know, just have you take it away and let us know a few yeah. details about your life. So, Some things, even I just found out now that I didn't know about you beforehand. Yeah, so. that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but um, after college, I thought I was going to go anywhere but home. Um, ended mm -hmm. up moving back home and working in the youth group with uh, Jacob, who we weren't the biggest fan of each other at that time, um, I must admit. <laughs> it was, I think a lot of it was just we didn't know each other. We were the same age. And even though she denies it to this day, his mom and my mom always made comments about us dating. And I really thought he was super <laughs> stuck up. I was like, he's just this snobby, preppy white kid, and I want <laughs> nothing to do with him. Like, I just spent three years of my life studying how to save the world and do all these things. And it's like, I'm not going to be with some guy who doesn't even care to say hello. Like, what's wrong <laughs> with me? You know? um, but as fate would have it, or the Lord, not fate, but as the Lord would have it, um, we got to know each other, working with the kids and seeing how he interacted with the kids and also learning we both graduated with um, degrees in public health. We both actually care about global health. And that's kind of where our passions align. Um, that was just super cool. And I got to know that he wasn't snobby. He was just avoiding me because his mom kept mentioning dating me. Yep, um, she will do that. So that makes you kind of avoid a person like the plague because you're like, I don't want to be with you. I don't <laughs> want people to get the wrong idea. Um, right. But as we worked with the kids together and I got to see his heart um, later that year, we actually started dating. And I can see why now the Lord brought me back to Greenwood. And I'm very thankful 
um, for our marriage. It's a blessing, something I didn't think I would ever have. I remember literally like in college, I had no intentions of getting married. I was like, I'm just going to go move around the world. I'm going to just work with, you know, all these different organizations and do this, this, and this. And my dreams are so different now. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, Dreams change. I think you have to grieve them, but then appreciate the growth with them. Yeah. It's hard to to release a dream. Totally. Like that feeling. But it does feel good afterwards. It like, really does. To realize you're moving on to a better dream. Mm-hmm. And your dream, your dreams like mature with you. Yeah. Like when I was really young, I wanted to be a banker because I thought you just <laughs> sat there and people brought you money all day. <laughs> I thought that was your job. And I you think just you know got your money. This. Yes. You so, know what I thought you were about to say, Joy? <laughs> I thought you were about to so do y'all remember going through the drive-thru of the banks and they would give the kids a lollipop in the oh, back yes, yes. I thought you were about to say you get to sit there and eat lollipops all day. Because <laughs> that's why I used to, I used to, like it was my dream job as a little kid to work at McDonald's. And just because I thought I got to eat McDonald's all day. <laughs> and play with the toys that came in the kids' meals. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. Same concept. I was like, you just sit right. there, people bring you money, your life is made. Right. But um, you still got to work. Well, you just sit <laughs> you there. You don't realize you know? that when you're young. Yeah, yeah but it was, um, it's cool though because i can look back and see how the lord has placed dreams in me for different Mm -hmm. seasons and not all the dreams that i have i feel like are gone but they're just not in this season right and how sweet it is to be able to make those dreams with another person rather than by yourself and i think that's the beautiful thing because all of my dreams were very self-centered like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna help these people i'm ah, but the lord kind of brought me back and said no you're going to do it first with me and you're going to have another person so that it's not joy did this. It's the Lord did this through us. Yeah. I think the Lord at the end of the day, Jacob was part of it, but brought me back to Greenwood to humble myself a little bit. <laughs> um, but it's, it's been good. And I'm very thankful um, even for, I mean, the person I was in high school was, is not at all the person I am today, but just the fact that even back then, like, Jacob's mom could see good in me and wanted me to be with her son. I know. I mean, it can be like, kind of like, Oh, you know, stop telling us what to do. We don't want to be with each other. But I've also grown in my perspective of that, like how honoring it is for someone to appreciate the good in you so much. They want you to be with their son. That is actually really beautiful. Um, So that's a cool concept as well. And now it's over a year into marriage, which is cool. Congratulations. Thank you. We made it. Um, (laughs) Not that I didn't think we wouldn't, (laughs) but I don't know. People tell you so many scary things about your first year in marriage. And I mean, there's definitely things you learn, but just the fun that we had, like we had a lot of fun and that is so important and so beautiful. I think, um, you know, we had a lot of adjustment learning to live with someone but just the amount of fun you can have, um, we're very big on the phrase, is it eternally relevant? It's kind of what we live by. And we just have kept that at the center of our marriage. Like at the end of the day, all that matters is we move the kingdom of God forward together and everything yeah. else we can laugh at eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe not right away. Yeah. Is football but. eternally relevant? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is in a way. It, 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 you, I we will you, have football in heaven. But I think, I think it is for you because of how you use it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It is it in be, the yeah. way that it brings a Sabbath for us, yeah, which yeah. is actually holy. Yeah. So I think the uh, Lord cares about football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's interesting actually. Cause I, 
I've got some thoughts on that. Really? Yeah. Joy, what podcast yes. do you enjoy normally? Um, what do you like? The Handlebar podcast is a podcast by some people at Upper Room. Um, Ooh, it's one podcast. of their worship leaders. Um, actually, it's several of their worship leaders and one of their pastors. It's like a husband, wife, a brother, and a friend. Um, somehow they're all connected, but they are super cool, super short. Like I think 25 minutes is like the maximum, um, but they get a question and it's their whole thing is like questions from young adults answered by young adults. And it's like super deep questions, but they answer the question, they go around and they all get to talk and they set the timer for like, I think 15 minutes or something like that. And then they have to give a handlebar. So like if you were going to give one thing for someone to like hold on to from what you're saying, what would it be? Wow. Um, I love the podcast, love the concept, really insightful. Top left. Yes, that's it right there. Handlebar <laughs> podcast, super good. Um, I also listen to, oh, what's it called? It's a BBC News podcast. It's like the documentary. It's like, ah, oh, I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's basically they go interview people around the world where like these crazy current events are happening. Um, so I really like that. I like BBC news too. Um, so I do listen to that. I listen to crime junkies from time to time. Um, depending on how, like, I can't handle very many like young adult girls going missing. Um, it keeps me up at night. It's what the majority of them are. (laughs) Yeah. So I always have to find someone really old who's died. Um, or someone like in some far off state that's like, Oh, that could never happen in South Carolina. Um, same reason why I like NCIS, the show, because I'm not in the Navy, so none of that will ever <laughs> happen to me. Well, see, I like Crime Junkies, uh, like the content that they have. I don't, I mean, a lot of times they're like things that they promote or or like their political beliefs. I'm just like super the opposite direction. Mm. I'm working on ignoring that and just saying that like that's not important about everything, but I don't really like supporting. Now, I do listen to it, so I'm right. kind of being hypocritical. But um, there's like, a whole bunch of crime podcasts, right? Yeah, Crime Isn't Junkie is probably the most popular. Yeah, right it now. is. I think. Yes. From what and I, they are really good at what they do. Um, I just it's just hard for me sometimes to look past like the things that they're about. It's like I don't know. Yeah. Ah, we it, do it's that hard in a lot of things, though. I mean, like maybe you don't agree with everything Disney is doing or promoting, but you right. still watch Disney movies. Yeah. And same yeah. with Marvel sure. and. I mean, I go to Starbucks and get a coffee. I mean, there's all these places that people right. have kind of flagged as like Apple too, I think. controversial. Yeah. And they're all yeah, yeah. So pretty much everything big, it seems like. <clears throat> or just Unless your it's average. big. Yeah, in a different what way. What would we do if we like actually like every if we were strictly and I know people that are like this strictly stayed away from like people that we just disagree with on anything. Yeah, I wonder what would look like, what would that so look like. Oh, wait Bad. a minute. I know. It looks <laughs> yeah. like Amish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Essentially, for real. Yeah. But I mean, like that that's super unhealthy. Yes. Now, if you have yeah. a community, it could be a little better. Yeah. But it's still super unhealthy. It's also it's also you need not diversity. not uh what it says in the Bible of be in the world but not of it. Yeah. If you separate, you're not in the world. Right. Yeah, that's true. In, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, and that, I that's think accurate. that's true. Too. Well, you can't share the love of Jesus with people you refuse to talk to. Yeah. So, so hey, Landon, you're a like Christian. Let me share the love you, of Jesus right? with you. <laughs> no, it's not what it's like. Yeah. You know, Landon, you uh, you went to uh, on a missions trip this past week. Yeah. Was that your first missions trip? Yeah, essentially. Was it, so what was that? I actually have not been on a mission trip yet. 
Um, and like every time I want to go on one, it something happens, and I know it's Satan. Don't get me wrong; it's absolutely Satan trying to take me away from some from me serving. And he, yeah, I've been telling you guys lately, like he has been attacking me a lot mentally lately, like just just straight up attacking my mind. And so that's just kind of beside the point. But like your experience on the mission trip, and Joy, you did you go? Or you stayed home, actually, I didn't you? stayed home, but I have been on okay. several. Right, yeah. I know you've been on a lot of mission trips. Yeah. So what are, just both of you guys think, and Liz, too, if you've been on... I think yeah. they're all different, what you come away with it. Um, my idea of it, I think, was way way off in the beginning, I guess, um, in that it's almost... I don't know. It's weird. Because you go, in my opinion, I think you go to serve. Um, I think that's the idea. But you, and people always say this, you come home and you benefit probably more than what you did. <laughs> but for me, the big part was, yeah, growing myself and stretching myself. Yeah. Like you do serve. Well, I mean, so but I thought that I just had was like, you are serving, but can you come back receiving more than you went with if you told someone about Jesus and they accepted him? Because there's nothing bigger and better than that. You're saying so you are serving more yeah. so than you are receiving, but you do receive a lot. Yeah. Just the thought I'm having kind yeah. of thinking about it. Yeah. Basically, go on more mission Does trips sense? is, in my opinion. But it's like the serving part should be done at home too. Yeah, like absolutely. It's, it's kind of the idea of going as a group and you get to know that group and you're doing this like serving thing with a group so you get to know the group better. And it's like this... The idea of it is really cool. Yeah. It's different than what I imagined because you should be serving everywhere. You yeah. Know? No, that's absolutely true. To the people that you, you start to people that you're with the most, which is your family. Right. And then goes out from there. Yeah, that's true. Missions, I've done a lot yeah. of local stuff, but just never like the out of, you know, state or Yeah, and that's stuff. what I mean. Like that's sort of, I was, I've done a lot of that stuff and even go somewhere for one day type yeah. of thing. Right. Um. So it's kind of the same thing. You know? Gotcha. Do you but have it still like stretched me more than anything else? So gotcha. So is your? It sounds like your heart's more like locally. Like if you had the choice to say, "Hey, I want to help someone in Greenwood that's struggling," or go somewhere like Nashville or something. And one one thing a- I discovered for myself. So I would say yes locally, um, for me. But even if that local is in Africa, yeah. I'd, I'd want to go there for a very long time. I got you. Because okay, I found out for myself, I have a really hard time uh, like pouring into something for one day. To be there temporarily. Yeah. yeah I totally like get Like we that. did one thing that whole week. We were there for a week. We did one of the things every afternoon, the same people with the mm-hmm. same people. Right. And it was way different the first day versus the last day. Yeah. I think for everyone, but for me especially, because I really got comfortable and connected more. The first mm-hmm. day, it's just kind of like you know, a a robot or whatever. I don't have a deep yeah. connection. Yeah. So I don't do deep connections fast, well at all. Right. But I think I can go really deep, you know. Sure. It, a, yeah, definitely. I'd rather have a long, solid relationship than a short one. I don't know how to do a short relationship. Yeah, that makes sense. Deep, so. I, I think I've talked to Jacob about this before. Um, But like when we've done mission trips in like Nicaragua as a church and stuff, and like he talks about it like, yeah, you know, we love going to do missions in Nicaragua and stuff. But our goal is to work ourselves out of a job. Like, yes, absolutely. Like you're, you're going there to yes, yes, to solve problems, help people. Yeah. Yes, that's a very public health mindset. 
because you're addressing a problem, but your solution should be sustainable. And a solution is not sustainable if it requires you, an outsider, to be there. Exactly. In order to have a truly successful and sustainable program, you need to implement it and then train people who are in the priority population that you're serving how to do whatever it is that you're doing so that eventually you can look around and say, wow, this community is flourishing. We're not needed. Move on to the next, right. which is hard because job security is not great um, yeah. if you're doing it well. But also, I mean, sitting back and recognizing the growth and that you're no longer needed can sound kind of harsh, but it's such a beautiful thing. Right. So, absolutely. And even if you would happen to move there and become part of the community, I'd say that's not even wrong. Oh, you don't. Right. You don't want to go in there and then. Basically, you become a local. A yeah. local needs to maintain it. Yes. Yeah, sure. And so can, either it, either change. that's you or it's not hardly ever you. But I'm just saying that's a situation right. that could occur if you right. want to, you know. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I agree. It does need to... You do need to... Uh, your success means you have no more job, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but what you were saying earlier about the longer that you stay somewhere, the more in-depth you are able to get is so true. So um, in 2018, I interned with an organization in Haiti. So I actually was in Haiti for seven weeks. And that experience versus any other mission trip that I've been a part of, and that wasn't necessarily a mission trip. I worked for a nonprofit organization that was faith-based, but I went there to work as an intern. Which is kind of the true, uh, true like version of missions, right? You know, it's I think. something sustainable. I mean, they had a whole organization there, and they did lots of different things. But just the depth of relationship with the people yeah. and the understanding of the culture. I mean, yeah. by the time I left, I was by no means fluent in Haitian Creole, like at all. <laughs> right. But I could have a basic enough conversation with the kids to where yeah. we understood each other more than when I first got there. Um, but just the way I was even able to disconnect, like that whole summer, um, that was the last summer before my senior year of college. Like I didn't go home, but for two weeks, I was there for one week at the beginning of the summer. Then I went to Haiti and then I went to Michigan to work for the same nonprofit, but on the state side of things. And then I came home for a week and then went back to college. But it was like, I was living this totally different life. But that's also when I really sat there, I'm like, man, like I want to do something like this with my life. Like these are the types of relationships I want to have with people. I want to live the life where, you know, Jacob and I can just go live in, I don't know, Honduras for three months and then come back and do what we need to do. Just something like that, where you have enough time to truly become a part of the community so that even what you're doing is accepted. Yeah. Because when you first come there, like, as I mean, some of the youth kids told us who went on Nash- on the Nashville trip, like the kids didn't really like us at first. And it's like, yeah. well, you don't really like people you first meet and the way of you're yeah. not going to be like, hey, what's up, guy? You're just going to yeah. be like, who are you? <laughs> you know, and by yeah. the end, it's like you've fostered that relationship. But there's so much more you can do when you're able to give more of your time. Yeah. But and, and you're not best friends with everyone in your own town, you right. know. So you got if if you go somewhere else, it's going to be the same thing. You're not best friends the first day. Right. You have to find those friends. Not everyone's made for each other, you know, yeah. even for friendships. Yeah. So Joy, I have a question. You you probably had the most experience mission wise, I would say, of all three of us probably combined. Um, I'm curious, and Liz, I I obviously don't know if you've done mission work. I have. Like yeah. Um, when I was a junior in high school. 
it was actually a requirement in order to graduate. You had to go on some sort of mission trip that could be internationally or, you know, within the states, um, usually like at least a couple states away. But uh, me and another church group, probably about like 30 or so of us, went to Guatemala for about a week and worked at a children's home that was linked with a school. And some of these kids had parents and some of them didn't. But this was really just their chance to be oriented with the gospel and to, you know, be ministered to other people, whether or not we spoke English or Spanish. Sometimes we couldn't even understand each other, but but it was a very neat experience. Gotcha. So, um, Joy, I have a kind of a question. So what would be, and the reason I'm asking you is because you have been on missions yourself a lot. Your husband has been on a lot of missions, and you're married into a family that's all about missions, and your family also does missions. Oh, Clay, yes. So, so I'm just curious, for the, whenever I eventually go on the first missions trip that I'm going to be able to go on, what advice would you give to me or anyone else that's never done it, and kind of like what to look forward to or what to prepare for, anything you can say advice-wise for that, because I need to know. I love this question, actually. Um So a little bit about my family. My dad was a missionary for about five years um, Mm -hmm. before he got married. He kind of instilled in us, I guess, at a very young age, simply by still eating some of the things that he ate when he was in Hong Kong. Um, Namely, my dad will sit down with a big bowl of rice with eggs and potatoes and all those things. I mean, if he could have rice for breakfast every single day, he totally would. Um, He still puts milk in his sweet tea, um, which is a very Asian thing. Um, So I guess I, I bring that up to say the level at which my dad engaged in the cultures that he lived in was beautiful. Even as a young kid, he would tell us stories and all these kind of things, but just seeing how it, it became his life. It wasn't like a trip. It wasn't a season. He picked up certain traits from the communities he lived in that have stuck with him to this day. Um, my dad can still sing some song in Vietnamese, and he does whenever anyone who even remotely knows about Vietnam comes over. Like um, Owen, one of our youth kids, he is Vietnamese. And the first time my dad met him, he had to sing a song. And we're at the Mexican restaurant, by the way. And my dad starts to (laughs) sing this song in Vietnamese. I think it's Jesus Loves You in Vietnamese. And I'm like, this is great. But just like really buy in. That's the biggest thing. Um, Second biggest thing would be vet the organization you go with. Make sure they're legit. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that I learned when I was in Haiti was that there's a lot of organizations, there's a lot of pastors that seem to be great, but they're actually fraudulent. They're not really taking care of the people. Um, Jacob and I, we're big about, we don't go anywhere and we don't pay money to anyone. So we're not going to donate to you and we're not going to go to you unless we've done our research. Right. That's the biggest thing, whether it's charity, whether it's going somewhere, do your research, make sure they're legit, and then make sure they're doing something that's sustainable. Make sure they're not just, I don't know, um, I don't want to be rude. Um, Make sure they're not just hosting VBS for a day and giving candy and then leaving. Like one thing we talked about a lot in public health was you have these teams, namely church teams who come in and they give all this candy and all these, you know, sugary things that kids aren't used to, to this community that has no access to dental care. So what if a kid gets a cavity from the bag full of candy that you gave them because they've never had candy before and now they can't get help and you're gone. I mean, you're back in your life doing your thing. And that's, and I you mean, probably forget 
honestly about yes. them. Like you, if you're doing that, you're probably just like, oh, I'm there for a week and then you never think about them again. Right. Well, I've been on trips like that. Like yeah. I have partaken in those types of trips before I even realized what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar to your um, age. When I was a junior in high school, I took my first mission trip to the Dominican Republic. Um, and that's a lot of what we did. I mean, we went in from village to village. We did VBS. We did the games. We, I mean, we painted. We gave them candy. All those really fun things. And you're connecting with kids. But now that I'm kind of reflecting after I've, you know, gone to school and learned some things and experienced some things, I'm like, man, the things I would do differently if I right. went back there, um, which is cool. I mean, to see how you can grow and to learn. But look at what you're doing. What are you passionate about? Take that and use that overseas or in your community, wherever you go. Like, don't go on a, like, you wouldn't go on a medical missions trip. Right. I wouldn't go on a engineering trip. You know, there's just certain things that aren't in my wheelhouse. Find something you're passionate about, see what the need is, and take that overseas or, you know, yeah. next door, wherever your mission is. Um, and stay rooted in the word while you're yeah. there, before you're there, after you're there. I think um, I love missions trips because of connecting with people, getting out of the American mindset, but just the closeness that I experience personally when I'm there with the Lord. And it's simply because I have time. I mean, I want to wake up early and read my Bible every day, Yeah. but can that happen in my lifestyle? No, not at all. Um, so it's one of those things that I think just embracing the culture and I mean, like anything in life, you get out of it what you put in. And -hmm. if you buy in, you can have a life changing experience and kind of like Landon, like you'll walk away feeling like, I hope I did as much for them as they did for me. But that's what we're supposed to do. Like that means you did it right. That means that you gave it all that you had and not that they didn't get enough, but that your cup is full too. That idea of uh, of researching the organization, if you're going with an organization, well, anything, do, doing your research yourself, or going with a going, yeah, with an organization, I think is really big. What you were yes. saying, um, and I think Jacob or whoever did it before for the one that I went on, that was really incredible. Someone did their yes. research, and they also did their research, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. Shout out to Faith for that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my sister actually went to. Um, Washington, D.C., and to Montana with the organization that y'all went to Nashville with. Oh, really? And so her school um, that she went to, South Carolina School of Leadership, when they were operating, they required students to take a mission trip each year. Um, So the two years she was there, she went on mission trips with those organizations. So Faith had such a good experience. We looked into it, and that's how... Yeah, so someone did the research way back when. So shout out to, I don't know, Pastor Darren. We'll say he did it. Um, But yeah, super, super cool. The organization themselves seems to do a ton of research into into making sure that uh, your time is is giving the biggest impact possible, yes. mm-hmm. both ends, like to you and to them as well, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm doing. It doesn't relate to this in a way, but I'm doing a pretty big research project that I sort of fell into for fun, of huge, uh, some of the largest Christian organizations in the world. And it's fascinating. Some of them I 
I have been extremely, uh, I don't know what you say, proud of on, like, I opened the curtain, I found the curtain, and they let me open it, you know, and I was like, oh, wow, like, they're doing really well at, uh, they're, they're being very good stewards of the right. things that they have. Some of the others, on the other hand, is a little bit interesting. Yes. And before I go into it, like, I'll get into it in a few weeks or something, because it, it's, yeah, you I want to make found, sure you've done your research. So yeah, that you're not I haven't found something. anything good about them, mm. yeah. so I, I want to be careful. Right, make sure they're. I'm sure there's good stuff about them, so I want to find that. You know, right. Right. Well, but, I mean, but doing your research is yeah. important. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's very important. And mm-hmm. I think Liz, we kind of talked earlier about those big organizations, also like mega churches and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Because I'm super, super skeptical. Like I have family members who are Christians and new believers too. Like, which is the scariest thing in all of Christianity is being a new believer because a lot of you are just like, this is all so great. You hear all this good news. You just found Jesus. But then you're susceptible. If Satan kind of twists your mind, you're very vulnerable. And they will listen to anything. Yeah, I mean, anything. There's there's someone on Facebook who just comes on there and makes videos that he's like, he's saying that he's a prophet and stuff. And that's great. Prophets are real. You can't listen to everybody that just says that they're speaking a prophecy. Like yeah. the Bible even tells us to like test those people. Like yes, like the Bereans. Yeah, like see, make sure what they're saying is coming to pass. Yeah, and you should be able to know. It shouldn't be like uh, I don't know. He kind of said you're gonna know. Like like this, this is what a prophet is basically. Well, yeah. it it kind of seems like the same mentality as a new believer, as like a tourist would be in a new country or new location because. Yeah. Everything Similar. is all new. Everything is so cool, but you're a lot more vulnerable mm-hmm. to being taken advantage of or believing everything that you see right? Uh, because you're not aware and you don't do as much research. Right. And it's, what's very important, and anyone out there that might be a new believer or not a believer, you one day will become a believer, stay in the Word like Joy said. That is the most important thing that I can say. You know, you can listen to any pastor that you want. I would definitely say stay in your Word is the most important and seek wise counsel, someone that you know that you can talk to. You know, Jacob is is someone that I've actually even <clears throat> let's see, I was I was saved at a young age. I turned away from the Lord like high school. Um I wanted to get out there. My parents were um I was gonna say this earlier, but my parents were great parents. They could not have been more like better Christian parents in my opinion. I <clears throat> when I become a parent, I will be try to mock try to mimic a lot of what they did. Um but the thing is, I made my choice to turn from the Lord. And right before I met Haley back in 2018, I gave my heart to the Lord again, but I had to relearn a lot of stuff that I was so wrong about. And so, and then, you know, a couple years later, I, you know, rekindled with Jacob. We've had a, like a 20 something year long friendship, like literally like 20 years, which is wow. blows my mind. And, but he's helped me a lot because he has like a lot more wisdom, you know, than I do with a lot of things. And so, and then our whole friend group, y'all have a lot of different experiences than I do and stuff like that. So seeking wise counsel and being vulnerable is just super, super important with, yeah. with Christian. Yeah, and it seems like having uh, a heavy, uh, I don't know what you say, being in the Word a lot mm-hmm. provides like a, provides your backbone to yeah. hold you up yes. to anything so you don't sway. You know, right. if someone throws something big at you, you don't even yeah. be affected really. And what's what's kind of funny is, or, or it's not really funny, but interesting is, like I I was a new Christian at one point, and I would read the Word very you know strictly, and then I would hear someone on a Facebook video or something, and I would 
start to believe like, yeah, that's very, that's true. But then I'm just like, but that's not what the word of God says. Yeah. It, it sounds nice and it sounds beautiful and, you know, but it's not what the word of God says. And a lot of times it's close. Yeah, it is close. But, you know, even, but, even if I tell you, you know, something very small, I can tell you a lot of truth, yeah. but one little part of it's not true. It's a whole lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I think too, that's why like, I'm a big advocate for the local church. And I used, yes. I mean, I wasn't always, cause like in college, like I church hopped, I had a great time. I didn't really get super involved anywhere. Um, I didn't serve anywhere. I just be bopped around and, right. you know, just received, received, received. But as I got older, I realized the value of being in the local church and also the sense of you can bounce ideas like our pastor is very accessible and not just because he's yes. my father-in-law, um, but Even pretty to, yeah. much anybody, if you were to go up to him and say, hey, like you said this and I'm not really quite sure what you meant. Mm-hmm. Could you elaborate? Like he's super open to that. Yes. And you can't have those types of conversations on Facebook. You can't have those types of conversations with, I don't know, like Joel Osteen or something like that. If Even if you went to his church. <laughs> I know, I know. But... <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like you want to get in a local church group where you have a pastor that you're comfortable going to. And even if maybe you disagree from time to time, you know their heart well enough to know, hey, this pastor is truly saying and speaking what the Lord is speaking to him. I'm going to do my research like like the Bereans, you know, yes. that's the group in the Bible that every single time, every single time they heard something, they went back to the scripture and they were like, oh, okay, okay, this is true. You know, and that's like how we yeah. should be. We should say, yeah. okay, Pastor Rod, let me look at your sermon and go, oh, okay, I see what you mean. Um, but it's one of those things where you can only get that in a local church. Right. You're not going to get that if you're not invested, if you don't have that relationship. And that even prevents you from stumbling into traps like what you were saying. Like, even if you see something on Facebook and you're like, hmm, that's interesting, you can send it to your pastor and say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? And they can help right. lead you and guide you through discerning yeah. what that is until you're able to, you know, use the Holy Spirit to discern for yourself. It's good to have other people who can help you. Yeah. And, and Pastor Rod is absolutely one. And I've been to a few churches. He is very very good about that and Mm -hmm. you can literally go to him you know with anything that you have and he's you know he's very dedicated to helping you have um clarity in those areas and i've I've, me and haley did this when we first started coming back to grace i obviously knew pastor rod knew his heart i've known him for my whole life basically but haley didn't and she was very smart and she, she would be skeptical of a new teacher that she would hear about and you know a new pastor and and the the other church that we went to, we spoke, we went and had dinner with the pastor and his wife, and spoke to them about some things, and you know, agreed but disagreed on some topics. Some things are important, some things aren't. But when we had like the first few Sundays we were there after church, Haley would go to you know Pastor Rod, and we would ask him questions like, "Hey, you know, I've always Haley would say like I've been taught this. What you know, you're you're saying this, and then he he will literally sit there and just talk through it with us and. And it's very, very, very healthy relationship right. when you have a, like a local church like that. But if you go to a mega church or something, there's no way that you're able to get that, you know, wise counsel from your pastor. You yeah. may have leaders in the church, but being able to have that one-on-one with your pastor is really important, I believe. Absolutely. Speaking, uh, going back to missions a little bit, <laughs> is there any? You've been on several. Is there any? Uh, What's the craziest thing that's happened to you? Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, we were in the Dominican Republic and we were actually in a... She was ready for this. Yes. Well, this yes. is just the wildest thing. <laughs> we were in a Haitian refugee camp 
in the Dominican and we were just praying for people. Like we were going from house to house praying for people and we would pray in English. Then our translator would pray in Spanish and then his translator would um, pray in Haitian Creole. So we had this oh, wow. like whole little thing going <laughs> wow. here because of course you're in the Dominican where they speak Spanish, but the Haitians speak Haitian Creole. So, I mean, it was, <clears throat> it was just this wild experience, but we, we were doing good, you know, just praying for people doing our thing. And we went into this one lady's house. And as soon as we went in, I was like, so main right. Like I like literally still get chills about it today. I was like, this is weird. And I start to look around, you know, just 15 year old joy in a Haitian refugee camp in the Dominican Republic going, Oh, okay. There's little dolls over every single doorway. There's like the little voodoo dolls, right? Oh, no. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, Haitian refugee camp. Ah, okay. Maybe we got some witchcraft going on or something <laughs> here. And so I'm like, you know what? We'll just pray. We'll skedaddle. It'll be fine. Well, it was like our leader was praying in this house. So he starts to pray and she starts, the older lady who's in the house, she starts to rock a little bit. And I'm like, okay, my Grammy rocks whenever people pray. <laughs> like, you know, maybe yeah. she's just doing what Grammy does. But then she starts to, hmm, like, she's like humming as we're praying. And the more they pray, the louder the humming gets until it turns into this like shrill. And she is like screaming to the top of her lungs, rocking. And at one point she curls up in a ball and she's rocking herself on the floor. And I'm like, demons, there are demons in her. I don't want them to come into me. Yes. Ah, fear, <laughs> you know? And I literally, to this day, I can't explain it, but it was like the whole place started shaking, but I couldn't feel it shaking, but I could see it shaking. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Sort and of. it was just like, my eyes were playing tricks on me or something, but it was like the room was moving and I'm like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And so finally, once this lady's like on the floor convulsing, our leader just kind of stops. He goes, in the name of Jesus, amen. And we just leave. And I'm like, okay. Now, looking back, I'm like, she probably needed some deliverance. Um, yeah, yeah. But at that time, I'm like, thank the Lord, we are out of here. But uh, that, as a 15-year-old, just seeing, because I don't believe in ghosts, but I do believe in spirits. You Absolutely, know, yeah. Like, I believe in demonic spirits. I believe that they're a thing. But seeing it in a person Mm -hmm. I had never in my life, you know, you hear about it, yeah. but that is probably the moment that stuck with me the most in that whole trip. Um, and in any trip I've ever been on, cause it was just so real. Like the spiritual battle was right in front of us. And as soon as we stepped out, she stopped squealing, she stopped screaming, she stood upright and everything went back to normal. It was just like, everything was fine. Yeah. So it, it was, it was insane. That yeah. is crazy. It is, it is a little bit, I mean, it's good for you. You were 15, you got out of there. And you're fine, but it is a little bit sad that you left. Absolutely, yes. And she didn't get delivered because she probably didn't. Right. I mean, you would have known, I think. I think yeah. there would have been a reaction in her that was less yeah. than just like, yeah. you it, would have known. It wouldn't just right. calm back down. It would go to a peak and then yes. she would be different. And something. I think that kind of goes with make sure you're vetting the organizations you went with. Because I had a good experience, but I don't think the organization I went with was spirit-filled in the sense of, able to recognize, hey, this is someone who needs deliverance. It was yeah. more so like, man, that was crazy. Because yeah. we were all like, man, that was crazy. And of course, 15-year-old me is like, I ain't going back in there. You know, it was just one of those things where we didn't have the understanding, but our leaders didn't. Yeah, yeah. Like, have the initiative to say, hey, we're going right. to go back in and pray for her. Maybe we'll leave the kids outside. But yeah. we'll go back in. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was just yeah. like, everybody just moved on to the next house. Almost more of a checklist style, yes. of like a mission. Yes. Like, we're going to do this and this. And then we've gone in there and prayed. So, check. You no know, room for the Holy Spirit to the move, next one. Basically. No. Yeah. And I 
think a lot of organized nonprofits and even churches, as you do your research, you will find like the structure trumps the spirit nine times out of 10, Yeah, which is very valuable in your local church search to find a place where... It's so much easier to organize something if you don't leave room for the spirit to move. Absolutely. 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 Like it's hard to work around that and create a schedule and make stuff work well. Yeah. And it's it's but, hard to be that humble yeah. to say perhaps our plan isn't not, the Lord's plan. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps he had deliverance in mind for this lady. Yeah. When instead yeah. we were like, okay, next house. Yeah. Um but I think that's probably the moment. Well, and there's one other moment. Um this one's not as this one's harder. Um so when I was in Haiti, we went to a place called Sisters, which is an orphanage in um one of the poorest towns in Port-au-Prince, and it was actually started by Mother Teresa. And I always say I have beef with Mother Teresa because of this, but it's not really her fault. Um, may she rest in peace. But the, we would walk into the room, and there were two nuns for this whole establishment. And there would be, like, literally wall-to-wall in the room that we walked in, there were cribs. And these cribs were probably about the size of like a basket you would hold in your hand. So like infants? Like infants. Yeah. But they weren't all infants. They were babies. So some of them were like one years old. I mean, newborn to probably one year old in this room. Um, And there were probably 60 or so babies in this one room, wall to wall cribs and two nuns that were just trying their best to take care of them. Um, completely overrun, completely overwhelmed. Everybody's just screaming. Like all the babies are just crying and everybody wants to be held. And it's just such a sad sight because you walk in and you're just hit in the face with like, what do you, what do you do? Where do you start? Yeah. And they're literally feeding these kids um, porridge. That's like basically vanilla pudding with nutrients in it Yeah. to the point to where like they have kids who are like two years old, like the, place that I work for. Um, it's actually, um, my second cousin who owned the organization that I worked for. Um, she would tell us that they would have kids who came from this said orphanage and they wouldn't know how to eat meat Oh wow! because they'd been spoon fed this porridge for the first two years of their lives. They didn't understand the whole chewing, chewing. process. Wow. Um, and wow. I mean, these kids have tuberculosis. These kids have mm. AIDS. These kids have whatever diseases that they have. And they've just been left at the doorsteps and the nuns take them in and then they sit in their cribs and then the short-term mission tre- teams come and they feed the kids and they take their pictures and, they go. and then they leave. Yeah. yeah. And there, mm. I mean, most of the kids were under the age of 10 because beyond that age, I mean, you didn't live. A lot uh, of the kids yeah, there yeah. die. It's like people would just literally leave their kids there to die because mm. they were sick, because they couldn't take care of them. Um, again, not Mother Teresa's fault, but her model of taking care of everybody hasn't left the nuns to the mm. point to where they value how many kids they can help in that particular situation rather than wow. the quality of the care. Yeah. Um, the place that I worked for, um, Haiti Foundation Against Poverty, I mean, there's a set limit of the number of kids they can take merely because they can't properly care for more than what they can handle. Like the, what we ate for dinner was the same thing the kids in the orphanage there ate for dinner. Yeah. And just the concept of we care for them like they're our kids. Yeah. 
And it was just really heartbreaking because you would, I mean, you would play with the kids and they have all these open wounds. And, and Mm. I mean, it was just probably the most sobering thing I've ever done was go there. And to this day, um, I'll have dreams about it or I'll have moments where I think about it. And I think I finally got to where about a year ago where I could kind of share the story without getting super emotional because it just breaks your heart. Like, how did the world get this broken? And you're like, okay, sin, I know that. But also, how do we continue? I mean, how do you fix that situation? Yeah. There's Mm -hmm. literally nowhere for all those kids to go. Yeah. And the nuns are doing the best that they can do. But not everybody wants to become a nun and live in Haiti and take care of kids. You know what I mean? So Yeah. There is, I think there is like, I mean, you say technically there's places for, for the kids to go. Technically, yes. But with sin in the world, like the whole world has to come together. Right. As one. And that's just one example. Yeah. Like there's more of those types of places all around Mm -hmm. the world. I mean, you even look at like the foster care system in America, you know, I mean, you can find deficits there, but that was probably, and I was mm, 20. No, no. I graduated when I was, yeah, I was 19 when Mm -hmm. I went on that trip. So even, I mean, young, but old enough to really sit there and go, how have we let this happen? Yeah. And how have we continued to let this be almost a tourist stop for short-term mission trips to stop on and say, wow, we went to Mother Teresa's orphanage and we fed some babies and, Mm. and it's, it's not enough. Yeah. The church is not doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Go ahead. I think it's important to go deeper um, for anyone and it's up to the organization to, if someone's going to do short-term missions, so there, I, I have seen several that run off of short-term, like one week trips coming in, mm-hmm. um, but it takes like an incredible team and organization to use those like just once a week or per week uh, groups uh yeah, to build on top of each right. other. Like one week is better than the last week yes. type of thing, rather than just going over a one-week cycle over and over and over and over. And you have to have the proper programs in place for it to be yeah. effective yeah, and yeah. for it to be beneficial. Yeah. To where it's like maybe they come in and they help clean or they help do something that you wouldn't have to pay people to do. Like yeah. right. the whole purpose of short-term missions should be to alleviate the burden, yeah. not to publicize the pain yeah so. and it might mm-hmm. be ugly for the short-term mission Absolutely, people yeah but i mean like what is a mission yeah. you know <laughs> what are you there for yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. at least you're helping someone even if you're cleaning a toilet You said the whole world needs to come together and it made me think of something like the one world order stuff, you know, like the, the antichrist and things like that. Joy, do you have any thoughts? So I'm in this Bible study at church right now, um, that pastor Judy is leading Mm. and it's called, where do we go from here? And it's a book that we're working through and it is heavy. Um, but it hits on that. It is pretty much like, the prophecies that are in the Bible and the things that are happening today and how do they play into that. Um, And we actually just went over globalization was our last one, which hits the one world order. It's kind of a tongue twister. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, Ooh, it really steps on my toes a little bit um, from my, 
I guess, secular academic background because my public health mind says we all need to come together (laughs) and have one system for helping everybody. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, so you're trying to get the antichrist here or, you know, because the whole like one currency, the one, you know, getting microchipped and all that thing, like... I, it's, it's really hard. I actually had a really cool conversation with a guy at our church. I don't know if y'all know Phil. Um, I didn't know Phil before this class. He's like, you know, your average middle-aged guy. I just never spoke to him. Um, but he was sharing about how his kids who are like our age are struggling in some capacity to kind of reconcile their faith because of socialism being okay. So they see the wealth of the rich and the poverty of the poor. And how do you reconcile the two? socialism being the only option provided like the church isn't offering a valid solution to helping the poor and preventing almost the rich from continuing to get richer while the poor keep getting poor mm-hmm. like the only yeah. thing that people are being offered is socialism and i was like wow like you're right and so i actually grabbed him and his um he and his wife cindy after class i was like i just wanted to let you know like i think you're spot on people my age our age are leaving the church at such high rates because the church is not solving the problems. Mm -hmm. The church is not using the gospel properly to reach these people. So it's going to open the door for the world order that you were talking about, Ryan, because people are looking for help. They're looking for ways to make a difference. And generationally, each generation that passes, I think the church is doing less and less and less and less. So why would I stay in an organization Mm -hmm that the savior of the world literally came to save the least of these. Yes. And we're just sitting here like, Oh, look at the poor kids. Let's take a picture. You know, like that's the mindset though, that we're fighting against. And if I did not know Jesus personally, I would probably walk away too, because I don't like the reflection of his body Yeah. in Mm -hmm. terms of what's happening in the world. So I think it's kind of the worse the world gets. I think the more careful we have to be, because I think that, I don't think, and I even think it's biblical, like there's not just one antichrist. Like there's lots of different spirits that you have seen, um, even like the spirit of Leviathan. This is getting really deep. Sorry. This is Um, my absolute favorite conversation. (laughs) That like overcame King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, when he became like a mammal or like a lion in his head because he said that he was God, which you also see happening with Kanye West. I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) Like he literally called himself Jesus and has started to kind of lose his mind a little bit. So it's one of those things where I literally looked at Faith one day. I was like, all right, so are we going to talk about Kanye West and the spirit of Leviathan or not? Because I'm kind of seeing some things here. Um, but it's just one of those things where I think you're going to see it more and more in culture, like the call to come together to help people. I really think that the spirit of the Antichrist is going to be deceiving people in the sense of we're here to help And a lot of people, like what we talked about in my Bible study class this past Sunday was, it's not going to be something that people really have to force. People are going to sign up for Mm -hmm. it because it's going to help people. And it will actually help people, but all under a deceptive spirit. Yes. Yes. So I think, I don't know if, and that's all Joy's brain, not like biblical theology in the sense of what I think it will be deceived as. So don't take that at like as the word of God, because it's not. Uh, go be a Berean and fact check me. But um, So do you think the, so, and I will look into this just out of my own curiosity, but so you don't necessarily think there's going to be one antichrist, one individual that would be the antichrist? Well, I do think there will be one ultimate. 
if that yeah. makes sense. But yes. I think throughout history, we've already seen several. The spirit of the Antichrist. the spirit of the Antichrist yes. has already manifested itself yeah. in different individuals. Absolutely. Even, I think, in different religions, if that makes sense. Um, and denominations. And, and yeah. The same. Yeah. So I think, I think it's one of those things where there will be a singular Antichrist that will lead to the coming of Jesus or yes. the return of Jesus. Um, but I think we're already seeing inklings of it mm-hmm. because pretty more and much, more, I would say too. Yes, actually. absolutely. Yeah, man, that's, this is actually, and I just said this, like my favorite conversations are about like end time prophecies and just like, because I, I just get so much joy thinking about like, I'm going home soon. Like, yeah. you know, yes. and it might not even happen in my lifetime, but I know within the next 100 years, I will for a fact be in heaven. Mm. Before a hundred years hits, I will yes. for a fact, no matter what. Sure. So my life, like all, if I was born a thousand years ago, same thing. We're yeah. doing okay. But that's okay. Anyway. It used to overwhelm me. Like, oh, I want to have kids. Oh, I want to do this. And now I'm just like, look, Lord, if you're trying to come tomorrow, I'm down with it. Like, yeah. it's getting real crazy down yeah. here. We're Absolutely. good. And do you and, think a lot of Christians, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Or you, for me, at least, you kind of say, I'm going to do my best today. Like, it, it just gets, Absolutely. Yeah, that's like, true. do my very best right now. Yeah. Yes. I am pr- planning to have kids, you know, and uh, right. things, but it starts with right now. So yes. I'm going to do my very best. And if it's not in your will for us to get that far, then mm-hmm. that's okay. Like, yeah, yeah. If yeah. the world doesn't make it long enough for that to happen, <laughs> that's okay. If yeah. it doesn't happen in your lifetime and you pause today for it. Mm. Yeah, thinking it's then you just wasted your entire lifetime. Absolutely, so, yeah. I've got a little bit of a funny thing. I got another serious yeah. thing, but me and Jacob kind of had like a funny moment the other day. Um, but, uh, well, here, I'll go ahead and share that. So me and Jacob were saying when we were kids, so we oftentimes, we'll just text back and forth about just random things. You know, it could be sports, biblical things, it doesn't matter. But we were talking about like how long the earth had been here and then how long is the earth going to be here mm-hmm. in total and all that stuff. And I had like my predictions and and... There's this Bible that was in the 1800s that Jacob looked at. And it's not like, this is not factual. This is just a video and it's nothing serious. Don't take it too serious. But it's predicting that today in 2022, the earth has been here 5,998 years. So, which is pretty unique because that's about right what I was saying. The earth has been here. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Funny thing that happened was that when we were kids, we, you know, we played soccer together, <laughs> and we would have, like, soccer games on the weekends. And if y'all know anything about Jacob, he loved soccer. Yeah. This was our whole life as a, as kids. So every Saturday, we would have a, a soccer game, and on Saturday morning, he said he did this, and I was doing the same thing, too, at my house before I left for my soccer game. I would say, the Lord is coming back today. You know why? Because in the Bible, it says no one can predict <laughs> the date nor the hour. And I wanted to play that day. So I said he's coming back today so that he wouldn't come back. And that's what Jacob said yeah. to me. Uh, but I also did that same thing, which is absolutely hilarious. That is wild. Yeah. yeah. And as your a kid, as a kid you're just, like, I control this. Yes. It's is my choice. Right. Yeah, yeah. But do you think, uh, this is my other my other serious thing I had. Um, and then I have an interesting thing too, sorry. But do you think a lot of Christians would be deceived by the one world order stuff? Or do you think that we'll have the, like I know the mark of the beast is supposed to be extremely obvious if you're a Christian. It is supposed to be so obvious to you, and you're going to know what you're taking if you take the mark of the beast whenever that time comes. Right. With this one world order, do you think it's the same thing? I I don't. Um, I think many people will be deceived because I think that's what the purpose of the spirit of the Antichrist is here to do. It to is just deceive. Yes. to deceive okay. people. Yeah, but I, I also think that we're getting at a flakier time 
mm-hmm. with Christians, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I think there is a very strong remnant and there will always be because the Lord will be faithful for that. Yeah. Um, but I, and I kind of like the word remnant it makes it seem like, like a revolution of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sadly, a lot of people will be deceived simply because of kind of what we were talking about earlier. I think it will be disguised as something that's here to help. I think healthcare and I struggle with this public health, like the access to healthcare is so important, I believe for people, but I think it will also be the perfect vessel for the mark of the beast for, you know, all these other things to come in because Everybody wants everyone to have access to proper health care. Yeah. And you see it become such a controversial thing and such a debate now. And so I think that's one thing. Um, it's kind of like, I don't think, I guess kind of like the COVID vaccine. And I mean, you can have whatever opinion you want. That's on exactly it. what I was thinking well, about this entire time. <laughs> well, I don't think, I just think it's funny because I know someone who was like so convinced. And there's a lot of these people on the internet that the COVID vaccine was the mark of the beast. Yeah. I've heard that. And it it was not, it is not absolutely um, merely because like what you said, it will be obvious and that is not, I mean, that would be very deceptive. Um, But it's just funny to me seeing the response to that. I'm thinking, okay, well the world might be still a little too strong willed for the mark of the beast. You know, there's still enough. Yeah. Dare I say like, rednecks who were like, hi, nobody touching me who are like, you know, like, okay, we're going to be all right for a little while. So, yeah, but I do think a lot of these things like the COVID vaccine and, and not necessarily that specifically, but things like that are ways to slowly sneak it in, sneak it in, sneak it in until eventually it's just like, everybody wants this one thing that's going to help everybody, whatever that, you know, thing is. Another thing is I think something is very obvious and I've been to New York a couple of times since this has been there. Um, but you know, obviously everyone knows about 9-11, the Twin Towers, what they were yes. called. They're, they're the World Trade Centers. That's what they were. Yeah, yeah. They World, obviously World Trade Center. still have the World Trade Center, but the World Trade Center is not called the World Trade Center anymore in New York. There's multiple buildings, but it's one World Trade Center is what it's called, which is as, very intriguing to me. As far when as I, I know, that. it's one building, but maybe it's not. One World Trade there's, Center. I know okay. there's multiple buildings around the World Trade, the one World Trade Center, that say one World Trade Center on it. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. It's hard to have that many people for the one for the World Trade Center yeah. in just one building. You know, like think yeah. about how if you remember the Twin Towers at all, how well you don't. You weren't. Um, yeah. No, born yet? Were you born yet? Yeah, uh, barely. Okay. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> but anyway, like they had two huge buildings holding yeah. all these workers, and the world has only grown in the past twenty-one years. So you've had to have more workers for that job, I'm mm-hmm. sure. It, it kind of, except the internet became a thing yeah. since then. So that's true. It's like, so actually, yeah, it could have been bounced And it's just out. trading, you know. Yeah, it could be. But anyway, that was very interesting. It's called the One World Trade Center. Yeah. Which, it's not very, my thing is it's not very sneaky anymore. They have statues in New York that are literally biblical, like, prophecies that said things about these statues. And they have, like, they're just sitting there as artwork in New York. I think there's one that's stuck. Talking about like the head of a lion and you know the body of I don't even know. Good grief, I can't remember all the beasts. Was and it the monsters. I don't have a clue. You could say it and I wouldn't know, but I do remember reading this specific passage in the Bible and then seeing this sculpture. So like it's not like I'm just blabbing on about something mm-hmm. I heard. Yeah, I did see that, but it's just like it's and you know down here in the South we do see it as like I'm not getting that vaccine. That's the Antichrist trying to put that on us. But like up north or out west. <laughs> You know, yeah. I think Southern American Southerners are some of the, 
you know, we might be a bunch of rednecks, but we're pretty self-aware about a lot of these things. You know, I think a lot of people are not. Like, they're just so... And then we were in New York not too long ago, and everybody's just so busy. So you don't realize yeah. when something happens, it's just like, it's there in your face. You're just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool statue. Seems like people in the country are, uh, we're not used to change very much. No. So any change is a bigger deal. Well, kind of, but I feel like we're, we're, we are okay with change. Not yeah. in the South yeah. as much. Yeah. Well, like, as rednecks. a world, we are though. Rednecks. Rednecks are not. Yes. That's what I'm okay. saying. I thought well, you the, meant America. Oh, country. I, must have missed. I meant country as in country woods. people. I thought you meant the whole yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was about to say, like, Think about 20 years ago, what we didn't have and what we, like, I mean, electric vehicles. Everybody yeah. wants one now. Yeah. And they're just brand new, basically. And the rednecks are the ones that aren't into Are those, not into it. You know, so they, yeah. they take a while for change. Would you have the Bible Belt down here, which is, you know, everybody yeah. goes to church when you in the South. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. I heard someone this week said that um, we're in the buckle of the Bible Belt here in South Carolina. <laughs> I'd never heard that. It was actually at a... We're doing an event for marching band students in this area. Um, and somebody was like, you know, we're in the Bible Belt. And she said, nah, we're in the buckle. I was like, oh, that's cool. Someone <laughs> just, we went to Nashville. That's where I was for the week. And that's mm-hmm. what they said Nashville is known for, being the buckle of being the, the Bible buckle. Belt. Huh. Uh, so. well, now we have a debate. We'll yeah. have to see who's well, the we buckle. Can be, this we can belt be right has there in two the buckles. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> could be two buckles. We're, we're the thing that holds the belt together. Yeah. There was reasons for hook. Nashville being... Uh, I think that's actually where the like Southern Baptist Convention is. Well, yeah, basically, or Nashville, is that what it's called? Nashville makes a lot of the connections in the Christian, mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm not very essentially like the, the hubs. Sorry. A lot of Christian hubs are in Nashville, are based yes. in Nashville, right? So it makes sense to buckle. But South yeah, Carolina is also in the center, so whatever. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't trying to talk over you all that, but I said something about the Southern Baptist Convention, and I had to make it known that like I. Not a very big supporter of the Southern <laughs> I don't know Baptist where that is. I think that's in Florida or something. Is it in Florida? Do you I, know? I have no idea. I do not know. I know they're in a lot of trouble, but I do not know where they're <laughs> what at. What are they in trouble for? Oh, Tell me. Should, mm, um, lots it's okay of, to mention. You want to say Google it? Well, lots of sexual abuse and harassment oh, wow. scandals. If you Google Southern Baptist Convention, uh, you'll find, there. yeah, there's... Lots Great. of problems. Another way to make Christians look bad. I'm telling you, Satan is yep. on the move, man. This yeah, is, well... Yeah, look bad. I'd say it's a great thing that's coming out. Yeah, honestly, it is. It is great. But like, but think about though, the other people make, who are seeing Christianity. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. they do that. It make, it's like the Catholics. What are they yeah. known for? You think about the Pope yeah. and priests. That literally, you say something about a priest, and yeah. some Southerner is going to be like, "Oh, they touch little boys." Yeah, you know. But it, it puts a fire under me though to do to do a Absolutely. better job. Yes. Does that. Yes. I think you're right. It has to be exposed. And yeah, things like that have mm-hmm. to be brought to light. They do. Also to see the state of the church. Yeah. Like we're kind of slapped in the face with this is the reality of the American church yeah. or, the, you know, the Catholic church today. What are we doing about it? Yeah. yeah. What are we doing about it? That's a big question. A big, big thing. Joy, feel free. If you don't want to answer this, you don't have to. But I have very strong thoughts on this. Um, and I don't have to share them if y'all are worried about me offending people. But your thoughts on Catholicism compared to Christianity, a lot of people see... Catholics as like another denomination, like you have Pentecostals and Baptists and, you know, whatever else you have as a Christian, do you see Catholicism? And you guys are free to enter for this as well, but I'm not knowledgeable on that. Yeah. So I am I, no comment. from my knowledge of Catholicism and Christianity, they are two different religions, um, but they stem from the same Yes. Area, so, so yeah. they stem from the same root. Yes. It's kind of how I think of it. 
and they've definitely branched off. But recently, I think I've become more aware of cultural Catholics who are actually mm-hmm. people who are Catholic by birth, like they're born into a Catholic family, but still view Jesus as their Lord and Savior right. and have the knowledge that that is where salvation comes from and that is who they pray to. To me, that would be a Christian. Yes. But um, like, I think Pastor Rod, sorry to interrupt, he told no, me one good. time, just those people, because I had this conversation with him too. Um, this is a big topic I studied like a, about a year ago or so. And he said like, yeah, they, they're just like you said, everything you said, we just call those bad Catholics. Like they're they're good Christians. They're just they're not you know in yeah. a in a not in a negative way. That sounds but bad, like but. they're not good Catholics in their theology. Yes, yes in their yes. theology. But to me, what the core of the Catholic beliefs are is that the saints and that Mary hold a higher place in their religion mm-hmm. than they should. Right, and that becomes idol worship, in my opinion. Yes, um, and that is a hindrance to true salvation. Yeah. So I think, um, to me, they're separate, but it is very interesting because a lot of, I guess, research and a lot of information kind of lumps it all together. Like, I actually mm-hmm. have this book. Um, it's called Global Christianity, I think is what it's called. But it breaks down every single country in the world and, like, their percentage of Christians and, like, the history of Christianity. And Catholics is included in that. Interesting. So I kind of had to look through it because I bought it um, while Jacob and I were on our anniversary trip. And I was like, wait a minute, where do we fit in here? (laughs) And I kind of did research and I was like, okay, so technically we're Protestants, but we're non-denominational Protestants. And so I'm like, so I'm a non-denominational Protestant. Okay, I know what I am now, but that's very different than what Catholics believe. So when you look back at, I guess, when you trace it back to the origins, they're very different. So Mm -hmm. to me... They are different religions, but I can understand why people would lump them in, especially for research purposes, Yeah, because you do ultimately view God as your God, but the way to get to him is different, Jesus, yeah. and that's the problem. It's like right. uh, yeah. you have to go through Jesus or you don't go at all. So. Well, someone that went to Israel recently, this, this blew my mind. They said there's actually more Catholic churches in Israel than there are anything else as far yes. as churches, which yes. is blew my mind. Yeah. It, isn't that crazy? Like that's where Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's you just don't think about that. Like I think about Israel, I'm just like that's the Holy Land right there. Yeah, and you know they could be the same, just like cultural Catholics, yeah. but hey, Holy Land. Um, yeah, I one, mean, of, one of my brothers, one of one of my brothers went there, and so I got the, I think probably sort of the real view of it more. Yeah, and in his view, it wasn't necessarily like the people were the Holy Land. It's yeah. just, oh, the, you know, such holiness has been here. Has been here, yeah. Mm. I really want to go so to bad. Israel yes. so bad. Yeah. Me too. That's like a bucket list. I mean, I don't know how to get there. If somebody wants to be like, hey, you want to go to Israel? Here's your money. I'd be like, absolutely <laughs> I do. Haley, you yeah. left me to go on grand openings. I'm going to go to Israel. I'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a fun trip to coordinate through the church somehow, like yes. a bucket list trip of just going to Israel and experiencing those things. Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. a guy that used to go there in places similar to it and do tours uh, and just talk about like deep research. Mm-hmm. He would do it in person and then they filmed it and made like a DVD series yeah. 10, 15 years ago. It's pretty cool. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Of just you could see real people just going to those places, all the key places and stuff, and more. Yeah, and getting that like deep knowledge of it, of mm-hmm. what happened, research. This has actually been my favorite episode, guys. 
This has been really fun. That like, <laughs> and it's probably it's probably is credit to Joy, but the only reason is because I know that Joy loves these topics, and these are yeah. my favorite topics. Like talking, this yeah. has been our most like probably topical Christ centered. Easy, yeah. It, it's always Christ centered yeah. based off of what we do, but this has easily yeah. been our most Christ centered episode. Off, yeah, yeah. Topically yeah. Yeah. speaking, I'm not very good at not it. having those types of conversations. And that's why I was so excited for you to come. <laughs> and I've been like talking about it and stuff, saying I'm so excited for Joy to get here. But like this is, yeah. I, these are my favorite topics, and and I knew it was going to happen. And yeah, this is it's going to be hard to top this episode going forward until my wife yeah, gets even on deeper here. than the previous one. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. This time we went deep. Well, we went deep on the last one too. Yeah, this has been fun. It uh, has been easy as a host because Joy is a natural. Yeah. Oh, thank. A natural thank at a podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. And when you have it people like fun. Carrie, it's, yeah, she. We love having her on. It was so great. You got to do a little bit more work as a host. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you have to talk to them. When someone like you, you're just. But the depth of wisdom in Carrie is oh, it I, is yeah. incredible. It's incredible how the world, yeah. how the world, uh, well, how God made the world balance like yes. that. It's so yes. cool. It's crazy. I wonder what the, op- I don't need to see the opposite of me. Who would be well, what, closest to the opposite of me probably? But what group? is that? Is it nearly Carrie or not? What would be the opposite of a personality? Like, you know, is like that even how a, extroverted No, but like, is that, that is that a thing? Like yeah, the opposite personality? Yeah, hmm. I would say so. I don't I, know. Are we are we like thinking of a specific like just, person or? Well, I, yeah, I was gonna say like in our group who would be the. Like, yeah. I would say there's Carrie Landon and Faith that are probably the three that would be like <laughs> furthest yeah. from you. I would have to go more Landon Carrie because you and Faith actually have more in common than I mean football for one. Faith loves football. Oh yeah, that's true. So if you're looking me at Carrie, your whole me, personality, see, me and Carrie love football. We like. Y'all talk wear about it shirts all the time. All talk the about time. it every couple years, and you know, <laughs> yeah. we but, know. Yeah, I guess you're right. I see a different side of faith. I think, obviously, I do than y'all do as a family, right? And she's probably way more like vibrant in like a maybe a different setting. Is that accurate? Homegirl is one of the goofiest people I know. Yeah, she see, is that's like crazy. Clay McMahon made over. Like when you get her in her element, mm-hmm. she becomes very goofy, very. Uh, I mean, like when we're together, if you ever see us together and we're super comfortable, we just start making random noises Yeah. and we don't even acknowledge that we're making these noises, but mm-hmm. we just start talking to each other in weird voices, like singing songs. Like I love to sing, um, Faith loves to sing and we love to sing badly together, old pop music or <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. <laughs> oh, love that girl, Taylor Swift. <laughs> I was telling uh, Jacob, I was like bucket list concert right there. I mean, oh my. I'm telling say what you want. Say they what you do want. her old music. She has gotten me through like when I was 22, I miss being 22 so bad. It I'm didn't matter what kind of day I was having. I could listen to 22 and I was having a great day. Like oh just, I think it's because so much <laughs> of my life is so like, the jobs that I do impacts kids education or at church, it's like people salvation. And you know, for a place for us, it's like, Oh, making sure people in Nicaragua get what they need. It's like when I'm in my car and I'm listening to Taylor Swift, nothing matters, but the heartbreak that she's experiencing. And that is so free. Every other week. (laughs) Every single one. (laughs) (laughs) I literally found myself the other week. I'm like at Publix in line. I'm like, I'm so jealous. Their job is just to scan groceries. Like (laughs) I wish that was my job, Yeah. but I've worked at a grocery store and I don't want that. And I'm rambling now, but yes, faith, very goofy. Gotcha. Can't wait to have her on. They were like, (laughs) 
there were like four people after after like my first year being in the friend group. There were four people who I didn't connect a ton with that I wanted to like like Travis and Rachel. Easy, they're both you know Travis when he's comfortable he's kind of like that, but he gets goofy. And I also work with Travis. He's right. my boss. And then and then I had Jacob who I've known for years. He's more introverted, but I've known him yes. my whole life, so that was easy. Christian cousin easy. Joy extrovert easy. Everybody else was super easy to talk to. Then there was Landon, <laughs> Carrie, Faith, and Stephen. And yeah. Stephen got here a little later than everybody else because he was living out of town. And he's told that right. whole story. Um, now, me and Landon, I made an effort to, and it all started one day. I was just coming home from work, and I got dropped off, I think, at the shop. I think this is what happened. And I saw him pass, and I just, I think, texted her, called. I was like, hey, what are you doing? You want to go get lunch? And I think that's where our deeper friendship started yeah, it was did. that day. Yeah. Um, and then Stephen, me and him started working together. So we've gotten to know each other more and more. And I think our friendship has definitely grown since we started working together. Been like a year and a half now, yeah. which is wild. Crazy. It's just I, so funny to me because all three of the people, well, not Landon. It's I, I've had to work really hard at Landon. At first, I didn't think he liked me because I was that annoying person. Which, which, yeah. which is what a lot of people have told me through someone else. But you're not the only one that thought I didn't like you. Well, it was a lot of people thought I, I didn't was like the them. person that was always like, "Hey, Landon, how are you?" You know, well, like forced conversations. But e- that's what I mean. Everyone yeah. had to force a conversation, so they thought they were the annoying ones. And I, mm. but it was my problem. So you're good. But hey, appreciate that. But I think you know, with my brother and sister, it's funny because I'm so different, but mm-hmm. I bring out the wild side of them. Yeah. So to me, it's like I mean, Stephen. Sometimes I'll be on the phone with him and he talks and I'm like, man, he's in a talking mood today. And he'll just, right. you know, I mean, we have lots of very <clears throat> in-depth conversations, but that's because I think during some of my hardest seasons in life, my brother was the only one I had to turn to. Yeah. And so we have gotten, we got super close when I was in college because there was just some things that, I, you know, I was walking through and I didn't have any safe place. So I just spilled it all on my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and his response was so loving. And so right. we've just been super close ever since. And um, Carrie, I made up in my mind. We went on a mission trip together to Nicaragua. And before we even left, I was like, she's going to be my best friend. Because I was moving back to Greenwood. I had no friends. And I was like, this girl's going to be my best friend. And I just decided that. She didn't really get a say. And she's been my best friend, you know? So yeah. will be my best friend. Yes. I mean, she was in my wedding. It was like all this, but people talk about how she's hard to get to know, but I didn't have that problem because, yeah. you know, mission trips can kind of expedite the whole friendship process, yeah. especially, I mean, you went from not knowing her to sharing a room with her and just kind yeah. of like the beauty of it. Um, but I think it's funny because I look at her and I'm like, no, nah, really? She can get heated. She can get goofy. Yeah. She can, I mean, but that's also because I... I'm very determined, and I said she was going to be my best friend. And, right. Yeah. I've seen all of that out of Carrie. It's just our personalities are just so much different. Yeah. That it's like, it's way more, it takes way more effort to kind of develop more of a friendship there. And so, like, I make an effort. Like, every time I see Carrie, I, like, sit aside, like, even if it's just, like, a minute or two to just talk to Carrie one-on-one because, like, I, you know, I want to develop that friendship. Yeah. I like being close with every friend that I have. I can have a friend, like, I say me and Faith are friends. But we don't know everything about each other, and we don't have to know everything. But, you know, it's good to know your friends on a deeper level than just surface level. And so, and now, like, now that I've gotten there with Steven and obviously Landon, like, I'm kind of working on that with Carrie a little bit. And so every Sunday at church, I just go sit down in the pew and, you know, if she gets there a little early, and <laughs> yeah, I talk to her. Yeah. And it's random she, stuff. But She uh, has, seems like a warm-up period. Like, even if you know her, yeah, like, she'll, it takes a while, you know, before mm-hmm. she'll 
spill anything, you know, yeah. even if it's her heat. Joy says no. Not with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. And then I you guess Faith will really be the, well, the next person I try to. Yeah. I got to know how to approach Faith. Mm. Yeah. I, I am always super cautious when it comes to females. I just have to be like, I have to approach the right way. Yeah. You know, because it can, you know, obviously Faith and Carrie, all, all of our female friends know me that I'm, but it's easy for someone on the outside to look at something and say, you crossed the line. You know what I mean? So you have to yeah. be super careful. We should let Joy go. And yes, it is late. We're so sorry. I, oh, no, you're uh, good. Be you're sure good. to fill out your um, exit survey before I, you leave. <laughs> I will. Thank you, Liz. <laughs> I did have one story, though. <laughs> yes, please share. And this is a fun story. Okay, so I teach middle school, and middle school can be a wild, spunky time. Um, but a lot of my kids are very easily distracted, and that's just because they're in middle school. But the other day, I was walking around the classroom doing what I do, and I was uh, grading some of their papers. I kind of go around and check, you know, the teacher thing. And I didn't realize it, but I started humming out loud. And one by one in my sixth grade class, they all start humming with me. And I'm like <laughs> sitting here. And then one of them goes, when it gets to that moment, he goes, it's the final countdown. And then we're all like jamming out. And I'm like, I'm the problem. Maybe I'm the distracted one, not them. So it was just kind of oh, a funny man. moment that oh, was like, my. That is like my brain manifested in the form of sixth graders. Great. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh, but man, that was funny. it. That was my uh, it's funny. fun middle school story for today. But that makes you yeah. a cool teacher. And your yeah, kids will does. love the you. The one that homes out loud. More. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to remember that for a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Coolest experience. Do you remember when Miss Schultz did the... Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think I had one student who sat there. He just face palmed. He's like, what is happening in here? <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. He's like my rule follower, you know? And I was like, yeah, I don't okay. know. Probably wasn't the kid I was thinking of. Not even the I, teacher follows only her one own kid rules. I right? <laughs> <laughs> but wow. yeah. Well, oh, thank man. you guys for having me. It's of been course. A good time. This has been yeah. fun. It has so been a coming. joy to have you here. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's been a joyful time. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Great. Hey, we use the palatu too. Yeah. Thing use another one just for random. Okay, let's do this. We gotta go, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, that wasn't the one I was hoping for. We'll try again. We gotta go, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>